You're listening to the Annuity Agents Podcast with Anthony Owen. Anthony is the co-founder of a $20 million per year annuity agency, president of Annuity Agents Alliance and Annuity Innovation Systems, co-founder of Safe Money Radio Marketing, and monthly contributor to ThinkAdvisor. Each week, Anthony and his partners at Annuity Agents Alliance update you on the annuity business with marketing, sales tools, sales process, and case design strategies. Before we get started, hit that like button and subscribe so you don't miss information that will help you build your annuity business. Hello, everyone. This is Anthony Owen with Annuity Agents Alliance. And uh, today we have another great guest uh, to talk to you about premium financing. His name is Leonard Quimby. He is one of our great uh, partners and does annuity business with us and uh, highly experienced, uh, actually the most experienced person I've ever met in the premium finance space. And uh, as you know, we've been bringing you some partnerships recently, and this one is long overdue. Uh, we, we, would, uh, we should have introduced Leonard a long time ago, but uh, welcome, Leonard. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Anthony. I really appreciate it. Good, 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 good to speak with you again. Yeah, so Leonard, not only is he a great guy, just a wonderful partner to work with, um, and does annuity business with us, uh, but also has just a massive amount of experience in the life insurance space. So uh, tell us a little bit, how'd you end up working with us and, and what has the relationship been like? Well, it was kind of funny, just a little bit about my background and then we'll get to the insurance background in a minute. At my, at my core, I'm a venture capitalist. I run a venture capital company. So what happened was, is, is we learned in, in 08 and 09 that from an individual at a corporate standpoint, we needed to diversify what it is we do. So we did is we branched out to other industries like the recycling and outdoor apparel, whatever. However, I spend 99.99999% of my time exclusively on what we're going to talk, what we're going to, what we're going to talk about today. And I'm fortunate in the sense where I got to re-engage because I had retired a little earlier at a younger age and I got bored and I'm very fortunate mm -hmm. in the sense where I got to re-engage doing the things that I enjoy, but still accomplish the corporate goal of making sure from a diversity standpoint that uh, you know we continue to grow an enterprise. So that's kind of the 30,000 foot view. I got to start working with you for a few reasons, because as an offshoot of what we're doing is there's a collateral piece and there's um, an exposure of um, when you do your fact finding in this space, it's very detailed. It's every every piece of moss under every rock you right. have to know. Okay, So what that by doing that what that brought about was an opportunity for people that could use the type of um, products that annuity agents and Anthony deal with. So what I did is I started to play some calls around with some, some people because what happens is I'm not necessarily concerned about compensation, right? Everyone's concerned about compensation, but it's the quality of the partnership because um, there are two things that I know of. I want to make sure it doesn't matter how much money I get paid. I want to make sure I like my partners and the, and the, and the, and the, and the folks I work with. 
Two, that I can actually sit down and ride around in a car all day with my partner. Okay. okay. And that was important. As you know, Anthony, when, when we first met before yeah. we did any, any piece of business, I got an airplane, I flew to you, I sat down with you. So we could actually kind of say, Hey, look, you know, what are you about? What am I about? Whatever. And one of the things I found about, which was good is you are a great steward of this space. And there's not a lot of people in this space who can do that. You gen genuinely care about the product. You genuinely care about how long it's around. You generally care about people who abuse uh, what it does or misrepresent what it does. And as a result of that, we've been working together for a few years now. And, and I'll share with the people, you and I are actually trying to work with a carrier on a product. And that's how much, uh, you know, faith and trust, you know, as much as you say, I know about life insurance and premium finance, that's e equal or greater with you in this space and then in the annuity space. So that's kind of how we got there. It's the people, qual the quality of the person. That's how we got hooked up. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. I, I, you know, if, if you, if you worked it with, if you only work with people you'd love to have a beer with in business, you might not have a business. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but thank God, of, in, thank God I'm in Phoenix and you're in Denver, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I would generally, you're one of those guys I'd love to have a beer with. And, uh, Appreciate and that. so it's, it's great working with you. Um, your, your experience is, it, it would be much easier for you just to tell me about your experience, because it's quite lengthy. Tell me sure. about been, your acumen yeah. and all that. Sure. I've been in the, um, the insurance space, the life insurance and annuity space uh, for 33 years. Uh, I originally started my career, uh, my career out in what's called the captive system, the, 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 the career system. And for what you say about it, one of the beautiful things that I'm thankful for about that is they taught me how to survive in the industry here. In other words, they didn't just do the, here's your comp, here's a spreadsheet, or whatever. It actually taught me how to actually ask the right questions the right way, how to, how to do the right fact finding. You know, um, I got to tell you, and it's so true. If you do the right thing in the fact finder and ask the right questions, mm -hmm. there's no such thing as closing. Right. right? Yep. Um, so same, I mean, same thing in the annuity space. It, exactly. First, first sale is the fact finder. Exactly. And, yeah. and what people have to understand yeah. is, the true definition of sales in my mind is just changing someone's perception. Yeah. That's all it is. That's sales. And, you know, you, and by doing that, if you understand that and hold on to that philosophy, you know that you can't tell people what to do. You must lead them the right to the place. That's the right thing. To yeah. Do. The way I put it is uh, sales is compelling people to act based on new information. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, what's, un what's unfortunate is, I think a lot of the discovery process with, uh, you know, advisor and client um, really doesn't occur with, let's assess where you are, but more important, how, how did you get here? Mm. And what was the thinking about why you're here and why you're still there? Mm. Unless you know those things, because they're going to make the same decision based on the same type of behavior. So unless you know that, you're, it's, you're making your job harder. So if you know how they made the decision the first time, and if it was wrong, why they stayed with the wrong decision, right. you'll know exactly what to do to take them to the right place. Yeah. So how did you get here? I mean, you, you, you're, you've been a speaker at LIMRA. You've done all yeah. these different things. Um, tell us a little bit about your credentials other than just your general experience. Well, one of the things that I like to do is on my uh, I'm an actuarial salesman. 
-hmm. You know, um, my experience is, of course, I was asked to speak in front of Limra about, about premium finance. The audience was all the director of the advanced markets, which was a great treat. And what was very comp complimentary to me is I was on the dais looking around. I was the only one in the distribution business. Everyone was from a lender, right. from a carrier. So to me, that was good that the, the industry is recognizing, hey, you know what? There's someone who's doing it the right way. We want him to come tell us what he's doing. So yeah. that was good. The other part about what it is I do is carrier selection is, is ultimately key. And right. we, we live in a poor environment, unfortunately, where we're living in a spreadsheet world. And the spreadsheet, as you know, are designed with back-end bonuses and things like that, that are designed to paint a picture of unicorns and rainbows, is what I say. Okay? <laughs> These types of transactions are built from the contractual guarantees up. Okay, so I say that because you really have to know what a carrier can do if, for instance, they make a mistake in their options budget or they're under some pressure for whatever. What can a carrier do from a cap and a, and a, and a, and a par participation rate? Then the next thing you got to know is, well, how much does it cost the carrier to do that? In other words, what type of options budget buys what cap? Mm. Then, you, then you have to know, well, if there's a nine and a half percent cap, but an illustrator rate of six, what are the odds of that number coming down? We crunch every number. We know that when you slam the contractual guarantees down of every insurance carrier and every product, only 13 of them carry to 100. That's it. Mm. Okay. So that's a very important piece of information you have to know in this space because we're dealing with a lot of moving parts. And the idea about knowing what a carrier or a lender could do is you want to get control of the moving parts. And control isn't telling them what to do, whatever. It's just knowing what they can do. So as you design and build, you know, you kind of say, okay, this is what the carrier can do. These are my agreements with, with lenders and whatnot. So the other part of what I do is, is we go deep into options budgets. We, we twist and contort every quarter, every IUL product that's out there. We take it through stress testing, the guaranteed minimums. We rank all, we rank the top 125. Um, we know who's playing games out there. You have carriers that are illustrating an effective rate of 14% mm. with things. So you have to know, and by the way, that's one of the main carriers that's being sold the most, but it's being not being looked at as to, okay, what is, what is this really doing? It's just that the numbers look good. And, and it's the, the, the numbers looking good isn't the story with this type of transaction. It's you need to design something to say, no matter what happens, it doesn't matter if these numbers look good or not, just as long as we accomplish your goal. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I was looking at this, this is, this is a household name insurance company mm -hmm. that I was looking at uh, an illustration that was about 25 years old and uh, the actual policy performed at half of the illustrated rate 25 years ago. That might be fine if you are just overfunding a policy and you never take any money out of it. But in the case of premium financing, mm -hmm. it's, it's a catastrophic loss. If Correct. That happened. So one of the things I like about working with you is, is you're very attentive to those situations, a lot of stress testing, um, and not in a 
not in a way that doesn't bring a lot of experience uh, along with that stress testing. You, you've, you've been in the game, you know the game, um, you're looking out for the client. So, you know, if one of our partners wanted to work with you on premium financing, uh, first of all, how does that look like? What do, oh, what do they get from that? Let, let me... Process? Yeah, let me discuss the concept of premium sure. finance as a whole. I mean, it really yeah. comes down to three things. Dogs, cakes, and houses. People okay. are going, what? I haven't heard this one yet. <laughs> exactly. But when you really think about it, whatever. Because when you and I first met, mm. what was your perception of this pre-premium finance concept? I believe you said to me, and I might quote, correct me if I'm wrong, I've never seen any, any, any one of these work. Okay. And yeah. you were you were very 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 critical of it. This is where the dogs come in. You know, I always ask people, well, what's your impression of a pit bull? Okay, and usually we hear the negative stories about, unfortunately, that breed or whatnot, or what have you. So, you know, the the pit bulls people's opinion of them are not too high for the most part. Right. And I say, well, what's what's your opinion of a golden? Okay. Well, great dog, great family dog, whatever. It's really good, whatever. So my point being is just because you're leery of pit bulls doesn't mean that all dogs are bad. Right. And premium finance is the same thing. There's some pit bulls out there and there's a lot of goldens too. Mm -hmm. And what happens is unfortunately we only hear about the pit bulls and by, and by, and I know this because insurance carriers and people (laughs) for the last year and a half, two years have brought me these things that were done to be sold and not stick and say, can you fix this please? Mm. And, Granted, I, I'm very upset that unfortunately the word premium finance is involved in something that precarious, but it's been financially very rewarding for us fixing other people's problems too. Yeah, so, yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah. Now with cakes, pre- premium finance is, v- is very, very simple. And, and I explain it this way. If you have X, um, uh, if you have a recipe that calls for X and you put the oven at this temperature for this amount of time, what do you have at the end of every time? You have a cake. If you deviate from the ingredients, if you deviate from the temperature, or if you deviate from the amount of time it's in the oven, guess what? You're not going to have a cake. Okay. Yeah. So un- understanding that there's a part that says that, you know, the ingredients you use to put it together matter just as important as to what it costs. That has a correlation to, um, you know, what stress testing you do to it, the temperature in the oven. And then it says people need to understand that these aren't overnight tra- transactions. Right. These are not uh, things. This is, this is a str- strategy. And I get very upset when people use the word investment. Insurance right. is not an investment. Insurance is a strategy. And I can't tell you, Anthony, mm. how many times I've talked with advisors tell me that their advisor is asking them a question about why this index didn't credit as much as the S&P did. Mm. I get, my question is why are you even having that talk? Right. Okay. And so there's two key elements missing when agents do that. This doesn't have to be in premium finance, it's just life insurance. What agents need to do, and we we actually have a uh, outline copy here that we give the advisor work with, what's called a policy purpose statement. In plain English, why are we doing this? What is the goal we're looking to accomplish? Simple one pager that you whip out every year and say, I can understand that the S&P did this. But to accomplish our goal for the strategy, we don't need it to do that. We, we need it to do what it's been doing. Okay? 
And the other thing I advise advisors to say if they ever find themselves in this conversation is two questions. As I say, Mr. Jones, if I beat the market every year, but you didn't reach your goal, would you be happy? No. Then I say, well, if the bar market beat me every year, but we still reached your goal, would you be happy? Well, sure. Hmm. Get, you, get you back to the policy purpose statement. Now we're not talking about things that really are irrelevant when it comes to a strategy. If they mm-hmm. want to, if they want to grow a pile of money, this is the wrong thing. Okay. Now there are neat tax advantages you can do with annuities as far as the tax-free, um, you know, income and the way you take it on a loan base, whatever. Those are great tools and great mechanisms. And a, I feel a great use for for permanent insurance. Okay. You mean but with life life insurance? Life insurance, correct? Yeah, yeah life insurance. Right. However, in the pre-fi space, okay, we just need to be very careful about design. Yeah, and and how we the expectations because this transaction is not your traditional insurance sale. You will revisit this transaction every year with your client one on one. I go to those reviews, or I do a Zoom call, or I'm on the phone every year with every client with every advisor. I make the time to do that. That policy purpose statement comes out every year. Yeah, okay? and what it does is it gets them on a single single goal because the bottom line is this. People buy with emotion. They defend that decision with law, with, with logic. Mm. You find yourself in a conversation comparing a mutual fund and an IUL policy because now they're dealing with logic. They forgot the emotional reasons why they got the strategy together to begin with. Mm. That's what the policy purpose statement is designed to do. Yeah, just with an income planning in general, uh, premium financing, annuities, doesn't matter what the product is. I mean, a, a plan requires maintenance. Absolutely. Because human nature doesn't allow someone to remember why they did sure. what they did. Yeah. So. And and what's kind of funny too is is people always go, what's your value? Me. I mean, why why should you get, you know, be involved in this, whatever? I said there's two reasons why. You have a whole lot of moving parts here. But but more importantly, if you screw up, your client's not gonna get an attorney. Mm. They already have one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you have someone involved in the transaction that not only is willing to go visit your client, revisit the transaction every year, and has the competency to go, I know exactly how the carrier built this product. Yeah. I know exactly what a bank can do. And what I always say is this would you much rather you on the stand to talk about this transaction or me? Which one? Mm. Okay. And the reason why I say that is I don't mean to be compelling, whatever, but these are large premium cases, million dollar plus a year. Okay. And I talk to advisors all the time. They go, but you know, that's okay. We don't have to do that. He's my friend. He'll remember whatever. And one thing I always tell him when it comes to money, I remember I've been doing this for, for 33 years. When it comes to money, there are no friends. Yeah. They yeah. have, they have selective amnesia and that's just human nature and that's okay, which is incumbent upon the agent to do the proper things up front to make sure that they mitigate those things. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is people are always going to choose their money and their family over oh, absolutely. anybody they yeah. think is a friend. And uh, yeah. so we got dogs, cakes, and then what about houses? How, houses. Yeah. These transactions are just like a house. Okay. When you go to buy a house, first of all, there's two reasons why you'd buy a house. One, you don't have the money, right? Or your money is locked up, okay? It's in, you say you work $2 million, but it's all in your 401k, right? So what happens is 
The other reason why folks do it is because they have money somewhere that's getting 8% and they could go buy money for 4%. Mm. Okay. That's what most people's successful folks do is they look at what their engaged money is doing and look at the, be- the, 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 the benefits versus the cost to go get the quote unquote replacement funds to do what the, the, the extra thing they want to do. And those that uh, understand that businesses are smart to put themselves in position of positive arbitrage. And that's why they borrow the money because they don't want to, they don't want to pay for something with 10% money that they can do with four. Right. Okay. And so that's the reasons why. And, and again, to the home transaction, it's just like a house. When you go to buy a house, you have to put your 20% down, right? That's your collateral. That's your collateral. Then you have to pay your mortgage. Yeah. Well, that's your, that's the amount of premium payment that the client contributes every year towards the transaction. And then at the end of your mortgage, you can sell your house and you keep the, the, the appreciation. Okay? Mm. This is the same thing. When you exit this transaction, you keep all the appreciation. It just happens to be different that if you don't reinvest your money into a home, you're going to get taxed. This happens to be tax-free. And oh, by the way, the tax-free benefits of, of life insurance, it's not a newfangled idea, Anthony. This concept has been around since 1918 yeah. when the tax code was invented. So we're not reinventing the wheel or repackaging anything. It's been around over a hundred years. Yeah. It's really important for the agent to know though, that, you know, our financial education system has failed uh, humanity. <laughs> <laughs> That's an understatement. That's an yeah. understatement. And, you know, you're going to be a salmon swimming upstream on this stuff. And that's one of the things, you know, that I always say, you know, I've done some premium finances cases myself. And what, what I found is bringing in the credibility of a more knowledgeable partner is just absolutely critical because you are literally trying to blow someone's mind uh, when you're doing these cases. You're teaching them something that they have Correct. never, typically never heard of. Correct. Correct. And, and to that point is when you talk about, you know, the, 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 the premium finance transactions and the knowledge it takes or whatever, you, you hit the nail on the head. What I advise agents to do, because for some reason, by the way, when we get a design, I'll tell you some of the cool, cool things we do in yeah. design to save the advisor from themselves. Okay. So, but one of the things that you know, you really have to understand clients really enjoy the fact that you assembled a team to mm. tackle this problem. Yeah. Or what I like to call, I am going to talk to my premium finance committee that I, that I have assembled, and we're going to come back with some recommendations for you. Clients really appreciate the fact that you as the general practice, practitioner went out and found the best near brain surgeon mm-hmm. or the best or, or, or orthopedic surgeon. Um, it advises that try and be the orthopedic surgeon, the brain surgeon, the general practice, all that stuff. It just never works out. No. Right? And what they really do is they put an artificial lid in their growth by doing that. Yeah. And you can't edify yourself, but you no. can definitely edify someone else as an expert. Mm-hmm. And um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, you talked about the team. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that really impressed me with you is you've, done a lot of work to put together a team when it comes to the banks and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you have your own underwriting process and your own illustration process. Tell us about all the moving parts that you've brought together to build that team for the agent that wants to partner with us on this. Sure. 
there's a whole, as you know, as you just hit the note, there's a whole lot of moving parts in this. And I don't really want to get into all of them because what we've done is we've, we've really distilled it down to really simple. All the agent has to do is two things. Submit a life insurance case that we would normally submit an insurance case, like it was a non-finance case, and just go get documents. Mm-hmm. That's all I want to. We'll take care of working with the advanced market with the carrier, making sure that the cover letters are correct. Uh, we liaison with the lenders. We set the whole thing up. We get all the all the all the closing docs done. So I want the advisor to stay in their role, and let us who deal with this every day, we we got it. So we've fine tune the process so the advisor and or agent can stay in their element, what it is they're doing already. Got it. So you have the bank relationships, you yes. have the carrier relationships. And I, I know from our dealings, you're on a first name basis with all of these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we were going to, through this process, we're just going to tell the agent exactly what they need to provide. Correct. And you're going to take care of the rest. Sure. The other thing to this is Anthony, I get on the phone with the advisor and their client, mm-hmm. the Zoom call, or uh, I go to every closing. So every mm-hmm. deal that closes, I'm on an airplane. I don't care where it is, North Carolina, Massachusetts, Denver, I'm there. That's a key component. And the other thing I do is I make the bank come to the closing too. Mm-hmm. I have senior vice presidents of banks flying across the country. because so I think it's very important for the client to know, mm. to see, feel, and touch who they're working with with their money. Mm. We do not want to be folks behind the curtain. We want clients to know, hey, look, if your advisor isn't there and you really need something, you can call the bank. Uh, you can call me. You can call anybody that knows about this transaction so you can feel safe and comfortable that you can always reach to get your answers, uh, questions uh, answered anytime you need. Yeah. And that's, you know, critical because some of these clients, these high net worth clients, their banks do know them on a first name basis. And Absolutely. they're used to that. Uh, they're, you know, they have a red phone for their attorney, their CPA and, you know, whatever credit facilities they have. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because yeah. to your point earlier about the fact finding is, is because we've become a spreadsheet world, getting to know people and creating relationships with your client that are not transactional, you know, mm. they're go beyond transactional. That's all very lost art today, man. Yeah. I, you and I have had many a deep discussion about yeah. that. Yeah. And I, it's funny because every time you, every time you and I uh, want to talk about something, you're like, Hey, when are you going to be available? I'll jump on a plane. I'm like, no, you don't need to do that. We'll just talk by Zoom. But it's, it's so built into the way that you do things. It's so relationship oriented. Um, well, so. quite honestly, Anthony, if you want to be work in this space with high net worth, ultra high, high, high net worth folks, they don't do it over Zoom. Yeah, they don't do it over email. You know, they yeah. want to, they want to see you and then they want to throw you in front of what I call their posse, their attorneys or CPAs and let them twist and contort and whatever. So yeah, this is very important that it's not a transaction relationship. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are trying to force that change right now. But mm-hmm. you know, you have to ask yourself, you know, if if you're doing things by Zoom, is your competition at their kitchen table? If Correct. They, if they are, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's you and I have been around long enough to know that. Yeah. You know what? If I take a shortcut, I know there's someone out there who isn't. Yeah, and exactly. you know. So that's this. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this. Um, maybe we'll do a separate webinar to go into more detail. But why don't we just go ahead and pop the hood a little bit and uh, share your screen sure. with us and kind of show us 
what you work with and some of the concept. Sure. Uh, let me see here. You go here. You see that? You yep. are in my, here we go. All right. So this is just a typical transaction. This is just a, uh, a sheet that has the, 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 the summary. What is it doing? Make sure we go down here. Okay. So we just used uh, Life of the Southwest for this right here. We are not beholden or shill for any insurance care at all. Of course, we narrowed it down to the 13 that lasts 200, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then what we do is we select from that based on um, um, what meets the client's needs. And every care at every age does not work. Mm. Okay. So now it's one carrier and it just doesn't work that way. So, you know, there are some carriers that work well with folks in their 50s, some in their 40s, whatever. So what we do is we model out, we seek out the best insurance carrier. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit and pause a little bit here about comp compensation. If you have $1.4 million a year in premium, okay, that's a lot of commission out there. Mm. I prefer the advisors don't even think about that right. because these are designed death benefit option B right at the MEC limit. Right. Okay. This is designed to the client benefit. Right. And I'm going to give you and your audience a key. You ever ask me to design one of these option A, I will not work with you. Right. Because I know why you're asking me that question. <laughs> okay. So this is just a general meat and potatoes. You see here that the total premium is the reason why year one is a little higher is because we're doing a 10, 10, 1035 exchange on an existing contract they've had for years and years and years. And so that kind of helps with the cloud on the back end. But what we do and what we always do is we make the client participate. You see here, or the trust, because this is just a gift to the trust. This is owned by an islet. We make the client par par participate in two ways. A, the client's going to pay a good portion of their insurance premium, right? And that's important for a few, few reasons. Most, most importantly is it keeps all, all, all the numbers in check, but I'm going to get to a behavioral thing in a minute. So you see the numbers go across that we're, we're going to borrow a million dollars. Column four just quite, quite simply shows the initial loan is a stressed loan at 25 bips to the loan, even though, by the way, a client's never going to see exactly how the numbers are today. They're only going to see stress numbers. So even though I can get money for four and a half in some banks and some search situations, I get in the four still, I'm going to show them 4.75. Okay. Um, because as we've seen in the last six months, right, 225 yeah. basis point jump. If you don't take that into consideration, um, you will get stung by it. So mm -hmm. we build it in. Then we raise it 10, 10, 10 bips a year. Um, that's standard from insurance carriers. Um, column five is just the loan, but column six is very important. Both the lender and the carrier want to see an exit from this strategy based on the design and the values within the contract. Now, they want to see it, and this is the one the client has to sign. Whether the client chooses to do that, they're not really too concerned about that, but this is kind of their way of checking to see, hey, look, is this thing designed the way it, sh it, it, it should be? And a good rule of thumb is if you can exit out of this transaction with its, with its internal growth, you're on the right track for design. Might not be maximal, whatever, but at least philosophically, you're, you're, do you know, you're throwing things down to the mech limit and whatnot, all right? 
Um, it's just eight, nine, and 10 are very simple. One is uh, end of year surrender value. There's the, there's the cash value net of loan. Again, this is illustrated and I'll get to that in a minute. And then just column 10 is the net death benefit. So that's exactly what the client and or trust and or beneficiary of trust will get when die. That includes get have loans being paid back. That includes everything. That's the net that actually goes out the door in that year. Okay. There's a few other things we do from, from, from a tweak and design. You see that um, when this money comes out, even though it's on a loan basis, we're still allowed through MEC and TEFRA to bring those rates down. All right excuse me, the rate that to, to collapse the death benefit to keep that corridor as near as they can. You know, one of the knocks against IUL Anthony is like, it's an annual renewable term. So cost of insurance gets more expensive every year. Mm-hmm. And that is patently false. The cost of insurance is the difference between the cash value and the death benefit. That's the true cost of insurance. So even though I'm 80 years old, if I have $10 million life insurance policy and $9 million of cash value, I'm only going to pay the cost of insurance on a million, not 10. Okay. Mm. And so that's what, another reason why designing it at option B down to the MEC limit is, believe it or not, there's actually the costs go down as you get older because we're closing that corridor on the cost of insurance and the death benefit, right? Mm. Uh, between the cash fund and the death benefit. So, so naturally, even though I'm getting older, if my net at risk from the care is getting smaller, I'm not going to pay as much for it. Okay. All right. So it's a de facto decrease. In- Bingo. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, now we, we use, uh, we use IULs for this. And again, you know, whole life has its place and whatnot in, in, in certain situations and whatnot. Um, and again, we're not beholden to any one concept or whatever. And what we very much do is if there's a, a, pro, a, 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 a profile where it's appropriate for an IUL, but a have an advisor um, come to me and say, no, I want to write this on whole life or whatever. Well, that's fine. We'll take the time to go through and educate them and quantify for the agent, not this is good or that's bad or whatever, actually quantify, hey, look, here's how the numbers work based on your client. And we tell them, look, if your client was this or this, yep, whole life would work great or the other way around. Yeah, if your client was this or this, we'd go to an IUL. So again, from a philosophical standpoint, not tied to any one product or concept, we're really tied more to the goal. Mm. What are we trying to accomplish? Okay. And, you know, you know, look, bottom line is this, you know, if I walk, if, if I walk around and have a hammer in my hand, what am I always going to see? A nail. A nail. Right. And unfortunately that gets, uh, that's happening in our industry, but we don't, yeah. we don't just see nails. We just see, okay, who's the client? We assess the client. Then we go look at our in, in inventory of the available products and we work that way. Um, as you go forward is, again, this just carries on. This is one of the things that folks have to understand about permanent insurance. And I go over it anyway. Because what people don't understand is in, Internal insurance products, you know, they say we've heard the concept of be your own banker or whatnot, and that's fine from a conceptual standpoint. It's really kind of an accurate one because if you look at year 16 on this page here, you, you see actually $17 million coming out, but the accumulation value continues to go up. Okay. It's critically important to know that when you take things out on a loan basis, the crediting of the policy is to a pile of money that grows every year. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So even though the surrender value goes down, the crediting on the policy is calculated on column three and credited to column four, which is why carriers love to have you take it withdraw to basis because it reduces column three. So in other words, if I take column three on a withdrawal, that number goes down. So my, my crediting is figured out a figured out against a smaller number, okay, where I'll get less crediting in column four. And I, I hear a lot of um, advisors say, uh, withdraw, to, withdraw, withdraw, withdraw to basis. Well, why is that? Well, that's, a, that's what the carrier told me to do. Naturally, okay, <laughs> naturally, okay. But it, it, it's, it's our opinion and knowing what we know and knowing how, how, how these are manufactured and you know, I've been doing this for too long. That we we feel that doing it on a loan loan basis to begin in the beginning gives the best advantage to the client to take advantage of all the all the internal benefits that uh, one of these contracts can do. Okay. Um, the other thing we do, if I can keep going here. Is, uh, there's the loan from the bank. We include analysis of the loan, but this is the important part. We stress test this in a zero rate environment. Look at column three, mm. zero. We calculate this and stress it against a down market year for 10 straight years in a row. Mm. The market's only been down three years in a row, three times, but we're going to go 10. We want to show the client the good, the bad, and the ugly. And not only we show the client the ugly, we make the client do what? Sign it. Yeah. That is, has been explained. The last thing you want to do with one, one of these transactions is ever go back to your client and ask for more money under any circumstances. And collateral is the number one reason why advisors go back. They have to collect more money. Hmm. In, 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 in this transaction here, um, you notice that in the first page, the premium is $1.4 million a year and the client's paying $400,000 a year. We design these to make sure that if the market's up, down, around in circles, if interest rates are up, down, around and in circles, you'll never have to ask your client for another penny. Mm. Because what makes this work is the time on the oven. Yeah. Permanent insurance always works if you design it the right way, close to the MEC limit, okay, and you give it time. People are always freaking out now. They go, market's down, interest rates are up. We're all done with premium finance. I'm like, well, I'm sure a lot of you folks are out of business. But just, just looking at this, Anthony, how do you think my premium finance transactions are doing on the books? They got to be doing good or you wouldn't be in business anymore. <laughs> Correct. Because <laughs> you've been we doing know, it a long time. Yeah, because we know that even though the present conditions are going on today, we didn't know it. We didn't know this was going to happen, but we right. baked it in. We baked it in anyway. Yeah. And that's one of the things I said earlier, this little thing here and making sure that we set up this way kind of keeps the, it saves the advisor from the advisor sometimes. Okay. And so that's kind of, kind of another reason why we, we show stressed illustrations, examples. That, that, be- that's, that's one of the things that just really honestly irritates me about this industry. And especially with some of the credited rates that we have today is that, you know, retirement is a long time. I mean, <laughs> yes. if, you're, if you're working with a 55 or a 60 year old client, that client might live to a hundred. Today's day and age easily. Yeah. It, it might be half of their life almost. And mm-hmm. 
you know, I'm 54 right now. If I went back 40 years, I'd be still in high school. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, that's a long time. We're selling policies for the rest of someone's life. Correct. Yep. And um, to not, to, to do things based on an illustrated rate, uh, I just, I don't, I don't understand. I understand. It, 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 it's, yeah. yeah it, it, by, by law, we have to show them that, right? Okay. Yeah. And, and it's, which is fine. But one of the things I, I think the industry has done is, is you can't, going forward, uh, even though some carriers have got around it, allegedly you're not supposed to illustrate uh, non-guaranteed bonuses on the back end. Mm -hmm. and, and even though some carriers have found the way around that or whatever, um, to your point, it just create, creates an illusion of something that has the propensity of probably not going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Which is why this page is so important is we, we want to make sure that A, the client knows that we've thought of almost everything we can think of but B, they're insulated against those changes and have enough time to weather those things. It's like the same thing. If you have an advisor and they have uh, $2 million with you and the, in the, in the market's down, I don't know any, any advisor that would say, you know what? Yeah, market's down 20%. You need to sell everything, Yeah. right? I mean, it's unheard of. Why? Because inherently they know with enough time, it's cyclical. It always cor corrects itself. These are no different. Insurance is not any, 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 any different at all. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and now, a lot of our industry is based on shiny metal object sale. This is definitely not one of those spaces that should be based on shiny metal objects. The consequences of mm -hmm. selling uh, based on the highlights and not the potential consequences is just too great. Right, which is where we come in to make sure that the advisor, yeah. you know, touches on all those points or at least has the data to present to the client on all those points. And I've seen premium finance cases where you don't have client participation. And one of the things that we've talked about is how, uh, how important client participation is. And you kind of alluded to the psychology that you were going sure. to get about that. So let's sure. talk about why this is so important. Well, just, just from a number standpoint, from a tertiary top. The more the client puts in, the less you have to borrow, so the less stress on the loan repayback, right? So that's just net, net, natural. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing is the psychology of it, mm -hmm. okay? And agents know this about anything that they sold to the client, advisors too. A client will only keep what you, they have from you to the degree it took them to get it. Mm -hmm. In other words, if it was really easy to get, it's easy for them to leave it. Yeah. Okay. And so what we try and do is not only do that upfront, the, 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 the client to participate, to make the numbers a little more conservative um, and put less compression on the moving parts. But we learned through 08 and 09 that the folks that left their houses didn't put anything in it. Right. No doc loans, whatever. It's kind of funny. There's just some thinking and, and mystical belief that because they're, $10 million net worth or more, somehow they think different. They don't. Yeah. As a, high, I, high correlation in defaulted loans to loans where there was a 0% down payment, right? Correct. Exactly. And zero, you know, servicing or interest only loans or things right. like that. You know, we learned that once and we studied that 
And what we did is we didn't just study the numbers. We, we studied the behavior behind those moves. Mm -hmm. And what we found was the folks that held on to their houses and took the kids out of private school and put different food on the table from, uh, you know, cheaper insurance companies or excuse me, grocery stores are, are those people that knew they had something in it. Mm -hmm. And there was quantifiable to them what they would lose by leaving. Yeah. And that doesn't change with net worth. Right? No, <laughs> like as, a, as a matter of fact, psychology, regardless of. Yes. Yeah. And you will find that the higher the net worth, the more ways they try and um, I would say get out of a transaction they know they didn't put a lot into. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the good news for us is every, every one of the cases we've done, every one of them, 100% is still, still in the books. Mm. And we have a problem this year. The problem is, is carriers are returning checks to the lenders for their portion, because if they put another penny in that product, it'll mech out. Mm. We have good problems. Yeah, that's nice. And I cannot tell you how much business I lost by not doing it a different way. Mm. Okay. Um, it's kind of funny how those people are coming back to me now, right? Because I tell yeah. them, you don't want to do it this way because these are the things that are, you really need to take in consideration. You're two, three, four, five, six down the road. But again, they just want it sold, not, not to stick. Good. Do you have anything else on the illustration side to show? No, that's pretty straightforward. Okay. And again, we, we have sup, supplemental things that go over collateral and we make sure that the client knows all the risks. There's lender risk, collateral risk, exit strategies, whatever. And again, we make them sign that as well. And again, this is not only for the client knows and informed, but again, this is a document to come out every year. And so again, uh, the, the, the selective amnesia is, you know, you sign this page, we went over it. Okay. And so there's just some things that, you know, because of the nature of the transaction, just like in the AMM world, you need documentation, right? Mm -hmm. So, so just to make sure that you're doing things right. And if adversity hits, you can walk your client through the reasons why. Got it. So go ahead and unshare your screen and then we'll do stuff Got finish it. up here and we'll kind of focus on, um, you know, so what, you know, so one of my, one of our partners wants to work with you. What kind of client should he be looking for? Like what, what's the ideal client for these types of situations? Um, oh, Typically, what you'll have is a small business, uh, someone who owns their own business, a highly compensated executive or whatnot. Um, what we're looking to solve is they have X, whether it's $10, $10, $10 million or more. At the end of the day, not only are they looking for you know, retirement income with the normal things, they they're looking for a way to pass that on to somebody without losing 47% of it. Mm. Okay, Or they're looking for a more efficient way to say, look, can I change these taxable dollars out to tax-free dollars to my, benef my, my, my beneficiaries here. The one you just saw right there is a couple, the very affluent couple. Um, they own one of the largest gro grocery chains in the United States. They want to fund a foundation when they mm -hmm. pass away. So it all depends on what we're trying to accomplish. And really what life insurance really kind of accomplishes, it replaces dollars. That's all it does. So whether you're younger and you want life insurance uh, to pay for your kid's education, it, it's replacing the dollars that would have been there if you kept working to pay for education. If you're older and you're worth 30, $30 million, you're looking to replace the dollars the IRS will take through in a state tax. Mm -hmm. um, 
if you're looking for a business transition, we use a lot of uh, these transactions for, so when folks exit out of their business, we, we work with some great CPAs who know how to defer taxes on the appreciation of that business for up to 30 years, okay? Using products like this and things like that. So the main point is you have to have a client ask a whole lot of questions, really understand the problems, you know, based on the answers and educate them on the problem, not the solution, and ask them, is this of concern to you? Mm. Is this something you want to solve? Okay. So that, that kind of brings me to my next thing, because I mean, a lot of this is going to be over our partners, right? I mean, sure. Yeah, they're, they're going to occasionally run into a high net worth uh, client. It's not their normal uh, type of client that they're involved with. Um, and would you say, so would you say 10, around 10 million is kind of the net worth you're looking for or how low would you bring that? I, I, I have carriers because every carrier and every lender yeah. is different, which is why I have multiple. I, I could go down to someone as low as $1.5 million. In okay. However, where we, the lower the net worth, the more liquidity we look at. Okay. And we're going to supplement this video with a list of questions. So sure. here you found a client that has a lot of money. Here are the questions that you mm -hmm. should ask to determine. So that kind of brings us to you know, the next thing, which is what process would an, uh, an agent partner of ours use to make a determination on whether the next call should be, hey, how can I get uh, Leonard involved in this? Sure. Well, one of the things is I like to play the game called I got a guy. So you have my cell number. Mm -hmm. All the advisors I work with, they have my cell number. Call me with your client. I don't care if it's Saturday, you know this, I, Saturday or Sunday, whatever. Yeah. If, you're, if, you're, if, if you're a professional, your phone's always on. Yeah, right? yeah. So you just give me a call. I will walk through it with you, okay? Um, you're not going to deal with, with an account rep. Mm -hmm. There's one thing, you, you, you know, Anthony, at the end of the day, I'm an insurance agent and I'm a mm -hmm. damn good one, mm -hmm. okay? So, you know, you can layer it up with venture capitalists or a whole bunch of things. I'm an agent. So I have an affinity for what agents go through and advisors and dealing with clients. So I will walk them through from beginning to end, uh, help help them with fact, fact finding. I uh, get on the phone with them, with the client to walk through the problem. But one thing's for sure, we do not, should not, and do not do a design unless the client, A, has acknowledged they have a problem, B, want to do something about solving the problem, okay? Because other than that, if you have not got to that point, they're, they're, all you're going to try and do is have the client buy your idea, not theirs. Mm -hmm. And they can say no to your idea. It's more difficult for them to say no to their own idea. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Do we want to talk about like, what does it look like for you to get involved in the case? What does that sure. cost the agent? And okay. that sort of thing? Sure. And, and here's, um, um, one of the things the, the where they would start is they could call me directly or they could work through you, right? Mm -hmm. So how, how are, where were they in, in touch with me? I have no issues, no problem with that at all. And we'll, we'll start in a dialogue. Traditionally, what happens in the aggregation world, okay? Um, agents and advisors usually have to put the, put the aggregate on for 30, sometimes up to 50%, okay? Mm -hmm. Remember I told you I'm an agent, right? Yeah. My fee's 20. Yeah. Pigs eat. Hogs get slaughtered. There's right. plenty of there's <laughs> plenty of pennies in this dollar. Okay, yeah. that a this is what I always say say to folks. It, 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 and I lost a piece. I lost a, a piece of piece of business because I charge. I make the agent pay, not yeah. not 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 the client. So 
this advisor came back to me with some, with one one to fix. And it was one where he didn't want to split. Mm. Well, what he did is he found a bank that sure they're not going to split, but they put sixty one thousand dollars of compression on the loan for their mm. fee. Mm. Now, the agent got paid about four hundred thousand dollars of commission. Mm. So what I was telling was this: if you're front of a jury, a jury and you're asked the question, why did you do it this way instead of that way? Oh, I wanted to make 400,000 instead of 320. Yeah. Okay. That's going to play well. Yeah. Okay? So we feel we add the value. Not only do we add the value, but we, we take the extra steps to prove our worth, not only through our competency and what we do and our designs, but our willingness to engage in the sales process. We're not just numbers people. We engage in the sales process. I have a team of attorneys. There's CPAs I can call. Um, for instance, you and I talked about in an in, in, in estate planning attorney. I found two, okay, right there in your backyard. Great guys, okay? Yeah. So uh, our, our value is what the agent needs. That's yeah. why I say you don't have to be a large life producer. You can just play the I got a guy game. Right. And then by doing with us, not on your own, by doing with us, a whole lot of learning happens at the same time. And we are the training wheels. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know, my wise partners do with us, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, yep. I'm going to yep. take this back to my case design team. You know, you don't have to have yep. the answers of everything up front, but you do have yep. to work with the right people. You know, this is the, some very basic sage uh, advice is so important with this type mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, you know, things like hundred percent of nothing is nothing. Right. right you, exactly. You could try and get more, but if you blow it, your mm -hmm. opportunity loss is always going to exceed the additional commission you got by trying to do it on your own. Yes. Own. And uh, the only business you have is what you keep. Correct. And, you know, to 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 build a house of cards with this type of planning is is, you know, you you're not gonna. There's no commission you're gonna make that you're gonna enjoy when things fall apart. Correct. And yeah. I, I, I always advise agents, advisors, any decision you'll make, whether it's changes, uh, any decision you make throughout the whole process, if it's ever driven by comp, don't do it. Yeah. No. Don't do it. Yeah. And we have to be intuitive and self-aware when we're being compromised in that regards. Right. And and I guess, I guess I'm a little different because, of course, there's other people like me talking about this, whatever. All mm -hmm. they talk about is just the large commissions agents can make, whatever. And that's very true. And it's very compelling. And it's yeah. a very good space. Well, it pays but, a lot for a reason. There's it's a lot of work and there's it's a high service thing. But, yeah, we shouldn't see things through that lens. Correct. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, anything else to add before we uh, wrap this up? Well, there's a few things there. One. I've totally enjoyed our relationship for the last few years, Anthony. It's been really good to kind of really go around and deal with carriers and product design and stuff like that. That's kind of cool. Uh, I will tell, tell, tell you this. I've been doing this for 33 years. And at one time, I had an IMO with over 8,500 agents and advisors. Okay? Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, knowing what it is you do, you guys are first class. <laughs> Thanks. There are some agents out there that are in the organization. They don't know what they don't know. And you know, I know everybody out there. You guys do it. You do it right. And if you if you're not going to do it some, something, the agents should know it's because for the right reason. I appreciate that. It's it. This can be a thankless job. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. 
but I appreciate you and all of our partners. And it's just always having these great relationships and have someone to look up to in this business, <laughs> which uh, I admire you and everything you do. Um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for My the pleasure. value you're bringing to uh, me and our agent partners in this. And uh, if you're listening to this and you want some great partners in the annuity and the life insurance space and the premium financing space to go with that life insurance, uh, we have them here and we'd love to work with you. So Awesome. Well, thank us- you, Anthony. I want to thank you for being a great partner. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. All right. Have a great day. Take care, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Annuity Agents Podcast with Anthony Owen. For more information on how Annuity Agents Alliance will help you build your annuity business, go to annuityagentsalliance.com. If you're watching on YouTube, please do us a favor and don't forget to hit that like button. Also, don't forget to subscribe and ring that bell to be notified of future podcasts. If listening on a podcast channel, please leave your rating and review if you like the show. The information and opinions expressed here by third parties or guests are believed to be reliable, but the information cannot be verified or guaranteed by Annuity Agents Alliance. The opinions of guests do not necessarily represent those of Annuity Agents Alliance or its partners. The prior information does not represent tax, legal, or investment advice and is for licensed financial professional use only.